I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it's the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you in. Hour two, Josh is coming up. Of course, Amal Shaw is going to join us as well. He's Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Las Vegas. we got a beauty pageant going on at the South Point, so a little <laughs> distracted. And what he was talking about there in Vinny where the South Point paid out. Remember, every book's different. So the South Point paid out for the, the extra, missed extra point and the two-point conversion, right, uh, when the um, – Holder dropped that ball. A lot of this is, so again, you have to check the rules with each book. This is a, where I sit right now is the South Point. The South Point is off the strip. This is more of a neighborhood book, right, Michael? So it pays to ingratiate themselves to the regulars that come into this book. It's not a, it's a wonderful book. It's a big book, but, but it's not the juggernaut like you're going to find down on the strip like BetMGM. So I, I say this to forewarn bettors. When you get in, it's not blanket rules across the book. You always have to check with your book. Uh, how they handle payouts on uh, particular instances like that. Yeah, no doubt. And I think you've got to really, and we talked about this the week prior to the Super Bowl, you got to read the language. It's, it's, it's not that it's legalese and it's lawyerly, but there are scenarios that you've got to play out in your mind. And, you know, if you think the way it's written, like the way Vinny read it, and then there, it really almost impossible for a bad snap not to convert to a bad two-point play. Uh, because rarely does the holder, if he can't get the ball down, he then creates a play. And once he does that, now it's no longer a, a, a bad snap. Right. A bad snap would be is if he, if it, okay, if it went, like, let's just play this through. Say the snap was high and it went past the kicker and they, everybody starts running towards it. If he throws a pass after he picks it up, is that a, a failed two-point play? Right. See the gray area here? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. You no, know, and you so now it. how do we play that? I think Michael Gahn deserves a ton of credit for, for being so gracious and paying both sides out. You know, he could have easily stood behind one or the other and said, okay, this is the rules. But I think, I think there's a lot of understanding that goes into this, that there is some situations that occur that not every, that the text doesn't cover. Yeah, it's politicking too. It, it, listen, you pay those off. They'll come back. Customers returning yeah. is a good thing for the book. But like you said, it is gracious of Michael Gaughan and the rest of the crew here at the South Point. So anyway, uh, interesting. The book's killed it. I mean, and a lot of this has to do with, remember, the technology is just catching up with the betting world. I mean, these apps are just you know, relatively in the infancy stages here in Vegas. So I was talking to Vinny a little bit during the break. You know, South Point 
their handle on the app was insane as well. So a lot of that market increased as far as the handle. I'm guessing Thomas Gable, when we talked to Thomas the day after the Super Bowl, he said it wasn't necessarily a record. I think that tune has changed a little bit in state, no? No doubt. I mean, look, it's, the state had an incredible day along with New York State, which is just new to this, which I thought for sure New York would eke into Jersey and take away some of its business. That wasn't the case, particularly for the Super Bowl. Look, this is only going to grow. It's only going to get bigger and bigger. And the information that you need to really accurately bet tonight's five NBA games, you know, if you want to go bet those games, you know, on your own and just think, okay, Milwaukee's better than Philly. I'm going to lay the points a lot. You know, you're going to make a mistake. You've got to try to get some help along the way here because it's these get, it's getting harder to handicap the NBA. It's hard to handicap college basketball, though I know some are having tremendous success with algorithms in college basketball, more this year than any year. And we know the NBA, NFL is if you can get 60% correct, you're a genius. And to win the contest, you have to get 70%. I mean, to win a contest, you've got to pick, you've got to have, I think I figured it out. You've got to have, you can't have any 0 in 5 weeks. You've got to have maybe one, you can only have one 1 in 4 week. And then the rest have to be at three five and O's, four and ones, and then three and twos. You got to get the seventy percent if you want to be in the contest. Yeah, and I, but I do think I know a couple of years ago you had. I remember maybe it was two years ago your NFL bets. I think you were close to seventy percent. So yeah. it was wild. But I just want to. I, I mean, I. Please. I could have been better this year, but if, but you know you but like what happens in the Super Bowl? Like I, I went back and watched the tape, not because I wanted to prove that I was right about the Rams. I wanted to learn something from watching the game. And when you watch that game, and the adjustments Raheem Morris finally made in the second half defensively were superb. He started to rush five. He put a lot of pressure on Burrow. I don't know what play Burrow got hurt on. I think Burrow got hurt early in the game because when you study this tape, the throws he misses in this game all over the field from the first from the fourth down play, he's got a Higgins wide open in the flat. He doesn't throw it, he tries to fit it inside to Chase, which, you know, wasn't even there. And if he throws it to Higgins, it's gonna be a twenty yard gain. But I think he got hurt early in this game. And I think that affected it. And so since he was never really playing well, and the fact that they never really got into a – they never allowed Mixon to take over the game because Mixon was the difference in the game. They kept trying to make it Burrow, but it was Mixon. And then the Rams were searching for a running game that never really was there. They never adjusted their run game out. I mean, they're trying to run outside zone, and the Bengals were calling out the plays at the line of scrimmage. And eventually they made a couple plays. But when you watch it, you're sitting there saying, wait a minute, Burrow wasn't 100% in this game. This should have been a Ram game that they took over. And we do have news. It looked like it was a sprained MCL, right? So no, no surgery. That's more of a rest situation for Burrow. So no surgery needed for him in the offseason here. No, but it, you could see it affected his accuracy. Absolutely. It affected, it affected it. He, he got rid of the ball way quick. I think the two weeks, I really think the two weeks leading up to the game affected him a little bit in the sense that he kept watching that rush. You know, and he kept watching his linemen, and they kept putting Donald on either one of those guards who couldn't block him. And, and Miller was able to get up the field. So, to me, it was a game where the more you watch, the, the more sense you had. I was really impressed with the way the, the Bengals were able to stop the run from watching the game on television. They did a lot of run blitzes. They kind of adjusted their front. But then when you watch it, the Rams just really never made any adjustment back to correct it, to ratify it. It was typical of what they've done, and they were fortunate enough to get to get over it. And I still think, you know, that Donald, after watching the game, was the MVP of the game. 
surprised the D.C. there in Los Angeles didn't get more looks for a head coaching position, Raheem Morris? You know, Tony Dungy's talked about this, and I think it has some merit to it, is not allow hirings until after the Super Bowl. Right. Which would have given Raheem Morris maybe a chance, because I thought he did a really good job. I think he did a good job of adjusting it out. I think he did a good job of saying, look, they can't block us. Let's rush five. We'll hold up in the back end. I think the other secondary players played better than Ramsey. I thought Ramsey played one of his worst games. You know, on the fourth down play, uh, he's got the flat open over there again. He just doesn't throw it. You know, then he kind of pivots and he throws and he wants to throw it back and chases wide open because Ramsey fell down, but he never had a chance to get the ball off. But there were so many throws in the game that Burrow missed that it was not typical of Burrow, which leads me to think he was hurt earlier in the game than we thought. So as Vinny on the way out mentioned, a congratulations to your son Mick here in Los Angeles. Why do I keep on saying that? My goodness, I apologize. Las Vegas with the Raiders as the new offensive coordinator. A couple of news and notes. Uh, the Saints right now are on the board at 45-1 to 1 for next year's Super Bowl. I mean, we've talked about ad nauseum their cap situation and just what they're going to have to do to retool. Dennis Allen, head coach, he has kept Peter Carmichael Jr., who's been the OC there, Use that term loosely with your boy Sean Payton running the offense, but yeah. the OC is so so continuity with the Saints. He's going to stick around as the OC. No defensive coordinator named yet by Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints. Well, we know Dennis is going to run it at his press conference. He announced that he was going to be the he was going to call the defense, which he should. They've done a great job. It's going to be his defense, and having Carmichael there gives him some stability in terms of not having to change the terminology of the offense, keeping some continuity going. But they need to redefine the offense a little bit, and I think they probably will do that. So, you know, this is a long haul. I just hope they give Dennis some time to kind of fix the mess that's been created, not out of not out of stupidity, but out of true a sense of it's time to make our run. You know, we saw this quite a bit in, in the era of football in the 70s. You know, it, it, frankly, it was popular in the 70s with George Allen's, you know, the future is now. A lot of teams were really investing into going all in. I know Les Snead wore a T-shirt the other day at the at the Super Bowl uh, parade saying, you know, forget about draft picks. Not that he didn't use the word forget, but, you know, he used another F word. But I, I think <laughs> there was more of that during the time in the 70s than we're seeing today as the value of the draft picks. But I do think there's certain situations, Green Bay, New Orleans when they've gone all in, Green Bay going all in, that you have to almost go all in at this point. If you don't, you're going to cheat your time with Aaron Rodgers, and why would you do that? There are – I wrote down six earlier today, and we can get into this this weekend as well, but you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr. There are some big-time decisions to make on these quarterbacks in the offseason. Well, I mean, but some of them, let's just take car, 45 million buttoned up guaranteed. Who wants it? You want it? You know, you want that one? I mean, I, <laughs> I hope Mick it. does. You want it? I, I mean, hope Mick a does. Tomato. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, you know, I mean, that's going to be a hard one. I think you got to, you got to look at it. I mean, Watson, we know is going to be traded when he can be traded is really the issue. And to whom will he be traded to is the other issue. The other guys, Garoppolo will be traded. What is the market for Garoppolo? I think people will be surprised to hear once he's traded what the market is for him because I do think there's competition because all these other names aren't probably going to go anywhere. I don't see Rodgers being traded because Green Bay still controls what they get. I've heard 
first rounder bantied about for Garoppolo. I don't think it's out of the question. When these teams start to get desperate, specifically with this quarterback class being nothing this year. This quarterback class is all about ba- is their backups and 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 backups. If you take a guy that you know is a backup with the twentieth pick overall in the draft, that's on you. You know the draft is never about what the draft is about defining the player. Is he a starter? Okay, first round potential starter, second, third round backup that starts late fourth, fifth round. And to put a bow on what you started, Michael's numbers here as far as the NFL have been insane. Be realistic on winning percentage. Remember, 52.4 to break even because of Vigorish. Professional betters, if they're maintaining a 55, 56% win percentage, they're doing well. So you, you have to be yeah. realistic in your expectations if you're just getting started uh, as far as a sports better. When we come back, we got more, including Milwaukee hosting the 76ers. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, if you missed any part of this show, Lombardi Line, you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. But again, all of our shows, you see it right there, vcin.com slash podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast, and you can get uh, Beating the Book with Gil, of course. You get Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, you got Hardwood Handicappers, JBT, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and much, much more. They're all free and available now vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so as we head into the all-star break in the association, uh, teams, five games tonight, and the marquee matchup, which is going to be on TNT tonight, is Michael's 76ers at the Bucks. So let's discuss this. Open six and a half, mm-hmm. still, still yeah. sitting six and a half. And if you take a look, this is, these are two teams that are quite similar. They parallel one another, Michael, with how they open the season. Remember, at one point, the 76ers were 16 and 16. And since then, they've gone 18 and 7 and straight up, 14 and 11 ATS, their last 25. So they've been incredible. And over the last 45 for the Bucks, after kind of a slow start, they're 30 and 15 straight up. Now, they're just 20 and 25 ATS. But these are two teams, slow start, that, of course, corrected. 
Yeah, I mean, the other night, the Sixers just shot poorly against Boston, were never in the game. I mean, Boston jumped out to a 7 nothing lead and really wasn't in the game. They just had a bad shooting night. And, you know, and, and when they do that, the, it just kind of falls apart. And B didn't play particularly well. I think the concern you have as a Sixer fan, their rebounding has not been very good. They're one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. And the size of Milwaukee, you know, one thing they used to play Milwaukee well because they could put Simmons on, on, on Giannis and match up at least with the size. So it'll be interesting. Harden made the trip tonight, but he's not going to play. He's there. I saw him on shoot around on Twitter. And apparently the Sixers are going to add a player off the uh, off the buyout market. I don't know if it's Gary Harris or if it's Dragic. I'm not sure who it's going to be. Maury didn't say, but he expected it to get done as they kind of revamp this team. But I think it's remarkable the fact that the 76ers are two games uh, behind in the win column to Milwaukee without having really most of their, their one of their highest paid players on the court. You know, whatever you think of Simmons, you know, they, they've been able to to sustain this winning. If they when they get hardened and how it all comes together, it's going to be kind of fascinating as, as it moves forward. And, you know, the Phillies, as I've said before, I mean, they obviously it all predicates on how they shoot when they don't shoot well like they did the other night. They have no chance. And you mentioned the blowout on what was it? Tuesday night at home hosting Tuesday. Boston. Boston shot 56 percent from the field. And you just mentioned Philly. Philly shot 28% from the field in that one. They were beat 135 to 87. That was one of the wildest outcomes. And then the Bucs are coming off a loss as well. Both teams are rested. The Bucs last played on Monday, and they got beat by the Blazers at home, 122-107. No Giannis in that one. Uh, he had a sore left ankle, which isn't something that's supposed to be serious. But both teams coming off losses as well. You know, Portland's played – Portland's run four in a row. They're playing much better. Simmons, they made the move. Simmons has been really good for Portland. And then how about Boston? They they had this great win at Philadelphia. Then they lose last night to Detroit. Jeremy Grant comes in and, and really plays it. They lose by a point to the Pistons. I mean, where did that come from? Like, this is what makes the NBA so hard to bet and figure out, you know, is like – one minute Boston's doing really well, and they come into Philadelphia and they dominate that game, and then they go to Detroit. Well, no, they're playing Detroit at home, and they and and you know, and Jeremy Grant lights them up, and the next thing you know, they lose that game. So, you know, it, it is a slippery slope this NBA, and I think a lot of today is what is the motivation? Is it going to be a getaway game? Is it going to be that game before the bye week that we see in the NFL? You know, where is that coming from? How it handles itself? And, and you've got to play it. I mean, Milwaukee's made a, that tra- the trade that they made. That, you know, they trade DiVincenzo, you know, to, to improve their team. So we'll see what it all comes out to. And it's interesting with the 76ers. Part of our theme the last couple of years on the show was how dominant they were at home and not necessarily on the road. Well, they've kind of flipped the script this year, Michael. They're 16-11-1. and 16-11-1 ATS on the road, the 76ers this year. They're 18-10 and 10 straight up. Whereas the Bucks at home, 11 and 19 ATS, where, where I think the 76ers struggle tonight is they just don't have the wings to match up with yeah. Middleton and Giannis. You know, you can try and beat on Giannis, but that will fail. You know, yeah. legitimately, Middleton's a problem for the 76er team with his, his length. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, they're going to have to put Thibault on him and, and, you know, see if they can curtail Middleton. You know, Serge Ibaka, we'll see how he plays. That's who they've got in the Devontae DiVincenzo uh, trade. So 
we'll see how this all kind of goes. They've got a lot of day-to-day players. I mean, Grayson Allen's day-to-day, Wes Matthews is day-to-day, George Hill, you know, he's out. So we'll see where this all goes. Brooke Lopez, I mean, one of the reasons they traded for, for Surge is because of Brooke Lopez, who has really been a problem for, it was a problem for Embiid. Without, without Brooke Lopez, I think Embiid, it opens up a little bit more for Embiid. Who's guarding Embiid for them? Yeah, exactly. Who they put on? Is Surge? If, that, that, to me, again, I come back to the wings, though. I, Giannis. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. They it, need, that's just, why I think Gary Harris. I think the buyout guy is going to be Gary Harris. I, they need the, wings. They do need wings. And for what it's worth, Milwaukee's 5-1 and one straight up. Uh, and against the spread, their last six meetings against Philadelphia. They last, what was it, in November, the Bucks beat, uh, excuse me, yeah, the Bucks beat uh, Philly 118-109. That cashed the over. We're posting the total right now as far as the over. The over sitting 223. Yeah, open 223, still sitting 223 and a half on our board here. Now, I, I know Philly plays a deliberate pace. I mean, they're 28th in pace. You know how deliberate they are with the basketball. The Bucks are 8th in pace, so they like to speed it up a little bit more. The last time they played, they cashed to the over. I think we might get some points tonight here. Well, I mean, look, Philly can't beat them. I mean, Philly's 2-8 and eight against them the last uh, 10 games. I mean, I think you've got to go back all the way to, uh, let me think here. When you go back, you go back to March of 2019 when they were in the bubbles the last time Philly's won. Yeah. I mean, Philly, no, I'm sorry, December, Christmas Day, they had a blowout. They played them at home Christmas Day. I remember I was in Boston, and, it, and they were able to win that game. This is before COVID hit. And they won that game. They're two and eight over the last last ten games. And you know the over under it. The overs actually hit six and four in the last ten games. But I do think you're right. I, I think this is probably the, the when the Sixers they're going to even get slower. One of the criticisms that that you know with Maxi they don't play as fast as they did with Simmons. When they get hardened, that ball that ball's never getting advanced up the court. That thing's coming dribbled down. But l- let's be honest here. The Harden trade was made for the playoffs. Yeah, of course. And the the, the Simmons trade the, the was because if you just study Simmons in the playoffs, this is where his game gets exposed. It's just fact. T.J. McConnell replaces him in one playoff series against, you know, the next one, you know, Butler basically replaces him. When he has to play, he get, he's, his game is not suited for the half-court game that becomes the playoffs. You know the Bucks. The Bucks are eight and one to the over their last nine. They've scored at least 128 and four of their last six. They're offensively they're rolling right now. And the reason also remember in November 228 we've got a, po- a total of 223. And the 76ers are coming off their worst offensive performance of the season, scoring 87 points in that blowout loss to the Celtics. You have to think there's going to be a correction there. You've got to think that, and you've got to think that. Uh... You know, that the Philly's going to, A, shoot better. And, look, let's face it, Milwaukee can score. You know, Milwaukee, I mean, Philly averages 107 a night. Milwaukee averages 113. I mean, Milwaukee can put it in there. I mean, so I think that's, that's ultimately why you lean towards the over here. And I could see money ticking up towards the over here too, Patrick. I got a prop on Embiid, and I'll throw it to you. I bet early this morning Embiid has scored 32 in 10 of his last 15. His scoring prop tonight is set at 31 and a half. You going over? Or you going under on Embiid? I think I go over. I mean, I mean, unless Surge can really defend them, who's defending them? Lopez is out. Who, Remember, Lopez is Lopez out. Is they out. just lack the size, the physical presence inside to hang with them. I mean, Giannis isn't going to guard them. So, like, who's going to go guard them? I mean, I think that's the problem. 
he should be able to, to be able to manipulate his way around and get whatever he wants at any time he wants. I mean, Al Horford gives him trouble. You know, and when you watch the, the Sixer game the other night against the, I mean, he's out there trying to play point guard. You know, he took the first three shots he took of that game were fallaway jumpers. I mean, they'll give him that all night long. Yeah, and I think Ibaka's even a little too small. Embiid's just a nightmare matchup for most, and he is. Now, no to, to me, the strength tonight, again, inside with Embiid, but it, those wings for Milwaukee, this is, this is a tough matchup for Philly, to be fair. No <laughs> doubt. I mean, look, you're not 2-8 and eight against them over the last 10 games because you match up well to them. I think there's no doubt. And they need wings, and this is a wing game when you play Milwaukee. And Holiday's capable of completely shutting down Maxie. I mean, he's just, you know, he, he's a tremendous defender. His length, I mean, the one thing I will say, Maxie will get to the rim on any. I can't wait to watch Maxie kind of play the off guard a little bit like, you know, when, 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 when Iverson played a little off, but he was playing point, then he went to the off guard. I can't wait to see that because I think that's really where Harden will be able to make him a better player. All right, so give it to me. You're going to lay this. You're going to take the six and a half and the 223 on the total. I'm going over that total, 223. I, I think I might go over the total as well. I, and I definitely, I definitely would take the Bucks. I, I think I don't think they have enough juice to stay with them. I would agree. And I don't think you're sandbagging. I don't think. No, you're, I'm not. That, no, not I agree. Uh, lay the six. You can find a six right now if you are laying the Bucks. And again, you can find a 222 and a half if you're going over. We've got 223 and a half. Next, Josh joins a little college basketball. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's the offer. It's 29 bucks, man. This this is now through April 4th. So this is called VSEN Madness. It's only $29. You get everything we offer through April 4th. Get over there right now and sign up. It's worth it. All right, $29. Got to invest some money to make some money and you get the college hoops betting guide, which is just awesome. And this year, I've got 10, maybe even 12 teams that can win the championship. So, again, you're going to need to get that betting guide. 24-7 video access, daily best bets, betting splits, breakdowns of every game. It's vcin.com slash madness. It's 29 bucks right now. vcin.com slash madness. Okay. Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. We bring in Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod over at vcin.com slash podcast. But before we get into the games, the big news today is Josh and Elise have added a new family member, a gorgeous golden lab. I just got a picture of Josh. Congratulations. That is a handsome dog right there. I appreciate it. it. Patrick, Michael. Yeah. And by the way, Michael and Patrick, I know you guys have dogs. So send me all your tips this morning. uh, We drove to Cape Cod to pick up, by the way, we named her Meadow. So partly the Sopranos, Michael, but also, you know, you think of a meadow and all the, and all the, you know, the flowers and the grass, a yellow lab kind of made sense here, but uh, yeah, we picked her up. We love her. It's weird, guys. Like, I, I, and at first, Patrick, I thought you were going to say, you know, Elise is pregnant or something. That's not the case. We added <laughs> well, just you the would pump, know. But Yeah, that, that is true. But, but I would just say it's weird. I don't know how you guys do it with kids and dogs. Like, I just realized, you know, working is so much harder when you're thinking about something else. So congrats to all the, uh, the dog and the real parents out there. Oh, that's awesome. This is no, a beautiful dog, I mean, man. Beautiful. Don't take advice from me on, on I, I mean, I basically work for Bella. I mean, I, Bella, I don't, I don't control Bella. Bella controls me. So don't take advice from me on dogs. And, and yeah, as far as pregnancy, <laughs> when Elise lets me know she's pregnant, I'll let you know. Oh, thanks, man. I'll be the last to know. Yeah. <laughs> and as, uh, how we feeling today, Josh? Let's get a market update here. We were just going over uh, the Bucks and 76ers matchup tonight. 
Yeah, so a couple, uh, you know, spots here. I want to hit on with Michael if we can transition a little bit to NFL because there's two big things that kind of been happening recently. So number one, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, I know it feels like it's so far away, and we just got through, you know, the, the Super Bowl that we just had last week. We're already starting to see big money come in on some of these teams. So uh, Jimmy Vaccaro actually took in a huge bet on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they're plus 800 right now. They're plus 750, depending on the shop. They're kind of co-favorites with the Chiefs right now. But at the South Point, a huge bet, 25000 on a plus 800 to bring back $200,000. Michael, what's your take on this and your feel for Buffalo? Are they going to be hurt by losing Dayball? You know, is it a play on Josh Allen continuing to progress? Do you see maybe Patrick Mahomes, maybe uh, not a Super Bowl hangover, but an AFC championship hangover? Michael, do you think the Bills should be the favorite? And what do you think about that huge bet on Bills Mafia? You know, when I got done watching the tape, uh, I, I thought, and when I watched the game live, I thought, boy, these people in Buffalo are just going to regret this game. And then when I watched the tape, I felt the same way. I mean, I felt like, look, I, Cincinnati was a wonderful story. They, they beat three teams to get there, and they deserved to get there. They did all the things they needed to do. But it's hard to win a game with an offensive line like that. And eventually it caught up to them because their quarterback, whatever play he got hurt on, he wasn't the same quarterback. There's no way you could watch that tape and say Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl was the Joe Burrow that we'd seen during the season. The wear and tear took, on, took, that, took him down. So... To me, Buffalo looks to me like I would definitely play Buffalo at 8-1. to one. I think there's no doubt. I think they're, they're going to bring a lot of their players back. They have the best player in Josh Allen. And now that they found a way to use the single wing in a sense that he's their main runner, and I think he, the sky's the limit. Look, they're, they're really a good team playing from the front. They have a hard time winning close games. Now, remember this. Last year, they had a hard time winning close games. They either blew you out or they were able or, – or you ended, will get in there and, and won the game like Pittsburgh did opening day. So, I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo's good. I think Kansas City will be good. I think you're counting on two things when you're betting futures. You're counting on stability within the front office – and the ability to understand what they need to get them over the top. And I would say both Kansas City and Buffalo have that knowledge internally. I think that's well put as far as the futures as well. You got number one odds, uh, number one pick odds here, Josh? Yeah, we got some number one pick odds, guys. And again, I think the next betting thing, obviously, with football over, we're going to really be full steam here with, you know, NBA, March Madness is right around the corner. But don't forget about the NFL draft. To me, you know, we've gone through three seasons together now, guys. This is really an information-based bet that you can really make some money if you kind of look at the right mock drafts and you kind of read the tea leaves here. So right off the bat, guys, we do have um, Hutchinson, obviously the star pass rusher from the Wolverines of Michigan, plus 165 is the favorite. Uh, Neil, that big uh, tackle there from Alabama, plus 175 Thibodeau who going into the year was one of the favorites for the number one pick. He's coming in at plus 350, but here's what I'm looking at. Michael Hutchinson made a lot of sense there when you were with Detroit. Remember Detroit won. They actually went three and three down the stretch. You beat green Bay and Arizona. You lose the number one pick. So Hutchinson with Detroit having played for uh, Michigan, that kind of would have, been a, would have been a perfect fit. But now with the number one pick with the Jags, guys, a lot of mocks that you're looking at have Evan Neal, this big Alabama tackle. Uh, it makes sense, too, because three uh, offensive line starters are free agents here uh, for uh, the Jaguars. So they're going to have to reload. They're going to lose Cam Robinson. Michael, what you know of Peterson, and, and if you were trying to protect Trevor Lawrence, even though we have Hutchinson as the favorite, to me, guys, Evan Neal plus 175 looks intriguing. I think it's a really good play because I think this is going to be outside of Peterson's control. This is Trent Baalke. I mean, they've worked extra hard uh, to not listen to the noise about Baalke and give him the authority to make this pick. I'm sure Peterson will have some role. But like you said, I mean, they're not, I mean, none of their offensive linemen are going to be good enough to want to sign what the market is going to bear. 
and they're going to have to pay too much to bring him back, where it makes sense to get a really good Alabama tackle, bring him in, put him in at left, tie, left side, start protecting uh, Lawrence like he needs to be protected. I think certainly when you're at the top five in this draft, I think it'll be more team-specific than any draft before because this is going to be a draft. I think you have to go back to the 74 draft, you know, where, you know, that draft, I think Danny White was the first quarterback picked in the third round. I mean, this is going to be a draft where – I don't see a quarterback going in the first round. If a team picks a quarterback in the first round, they're basically just stretching. Look, and we've seen it before. Buffalo picked D.J. Manuel in the first round, never thought he was a first-rounder. But teams will do it at times, but I don't see it this year. Josh, let's get a college play in here, Creighton to Paul. Both teams need it. This is this is fascinating. This I was thinking about this when you texted because I believe I bet to Paul about a month ago in this matchup, and DePaul was up doubles the whole entire game and couldn't score, end up losing the end up losing the game. And here comes a rematch, Creighton to Paul. This number opened to Paul two and is still sitting to a total of one forty. Yeah, Patrick, I think you hit the nail on the head here. DePaul, if you bet this team and you watch them, they can really kind of show flashes of brilliance, and then they can really go ice cold. They can make some boneheaded plays. Uh, this is a team that laying points, I'd be wary of. I actually like Creighton in the points tonight, guys. A couple things. So, as you mentioned, Patrick, kind of line open at two, pretty much stayed two. But if you look at the juice on the two, looks like it may be trending down to one and a half. A couple of shops, at least, are plus two, minus 115. So, Creighton here, plus the points. Uh, Ken Palm only has them losing by one, so you would have slight actionable value you there our buddy greg hoops actually has creighton favored by four and this is kind of a recent performance play as well as season long creighton's won three straight uh demon uh demon deacons or uh the depaul blue demons they've lost two straight and really you're banking on the defense here of of creighton they're only giving up 66 points a game versus 71 there for depaul better field goal shooting team 45 percent versus 43 percent and conference play this is another like way to kind of gauge some of these teams do you get up for these big rivalry conference games depaul's only three and eleven in conference play you have Creighton eight and five I'll grab the plus two guys I'd love to see it fall down to one and a half later today you know the one thing I always look at it I mean DePaul's lost three of the last 11 games they haven't played well and a lot of it is because they can't play defense only Georgetown's a better defensive team if that's even possible (laughs) but the other factor that comes into play is that Creighton is really as you mentioned Josh the best defensive team in the Big East and they're able to lock people down because they're one of the worst offensive teams in the Big East so everything they generate is off their defense Everything they do is off their defense. And, you know, in a game when you're playing against a bad defensive team like DePaul, your offense will always look a little bit better. Not that DePaul's offense is very good either. But to me, I think this is all about DePaul's ability to, I mean, excuse me, Creighton's ability to defend and then make their offense better against a bad team. Okay, Josh, let's gobble up the two with Creighton right now before it heads south. Last one, Rockets clip tonight. Association headed into the All-Star break Clippers open 10 they've been bet up to 11 at a couple of shops here with Houston in town Josh yeah so it feels like some of these uh, betters here are just saying hey the Rockets are terrible but the line's a little high you have a slight majority of bets on the Rockets but the line is going to the Clippers as you mentioned Patrick 10 up to 10 and a half or 11 but I'm really intrigued by the total here I actually like the over it's kind of worrisome to me it's slightly public it's kind of a high number but I don't think it's just the public it looks like some smart money too a lot of these books open around 228 they've been now bet up to 229 and a half so you got movement to the over both these teams are top 15 in terms of pace uh, Houston is the worst defensive team in all the NBA. 
And you look at the, the Clippers here, six and two at home to the over their last eight, seven and three to the over their last 10 head to head. I think this is a high scoring game where Rockets probably lose, but uh, put up some points and allow the Clippers to score quite a bit as well. I mean, this is going to be a classic NBA game, Patrick. I mean, you've got a team that plays zero defense on on basically the gateway game to go to the break. Yes. I mean, there's going to be more Olays and dunks in this game than you could care to imagine. Yeah, and not too many Rockets busy during All-Star no. Weekend as well. So they've no. got a vacation. No. They've got a vacation coming up. Josh Elise, congratulations on Meadow, and thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate, Appreciate it. I'm going to go, go clean up the pee on the floor, guys. It's I'll be eight. right back. The first six months is rough. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay, Market Insights is the by betting across America. Next, Amal Shaw joins Michael and myself here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All, right, all the action you need, BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VSEN1000, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000 when you register with BetMGM. Okay, you're going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odd specials, and much more. Your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 when you use the bonus code VSIN, V-S-I-N, 1,000, and you earn reward points. You know how your credit card works? Well, BetMGM has that for betting as well. Any MGM resort. So, again, it's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Apologize for being distracted. As I mentioned, the pageant continues here at the South Point, and the boys were right behind us is the glass where the girls are walking by, so we're enjoying it here. Michael Lombardi there in New Jersey. We now bring in one half of Matt Santos is laughing. We now bring in one half of odds on Amal Shaw, who's out there at Circa. You know what's interesting? I want to get to you. I want to talk to you about Michigan and Iowa tonight in the Big Ten, but before we do, Michael, you know this. When you say you live in Las Vegas, people assume you live on the Strip, right? Mm -hmm. Like your son just moved here and the whole family's going to move out here. They'll live out in the suburbs, mm -hmm. whether it's Henderson or Summerlin, wherever they choose to live. The, my one friend in town that lives in a luxury high-rise on the Strip of course. is Amal Shaw. Uh, he, he's big into cuisine and, you know, he's a foodie. He likes to go out and have his, go to the restaurants. Do you enjoy Amal living near the Strip? I do. It's always easy when somebody says they're going to meet you and you ask them, actually, are you coming down from your hotel room as soon as you are? Then I'll get in my car because I know I'm going to meet you in five minutes. I don't want to wait around. So you know, I like to be on time and punctual with things. So it's not overwhelming. Wow. It's not overwhelming there on the strip. 
overwhelming. Come on, give me a break. Are they overwhelmed by having me? There's the question. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Uh, you may, you may want, I got a bunch of questions for you. Yeah, go ahead. First of all, what's the clause in this BetMGM? Because I'm waiting for somebody else to come in town so I can take advantage of this free thousand. Uh, I just wanted to know when does that expire? Because I got to have somebody that I trust coming into town next that doesn't have the app. And then the second thing is, what's the pageant going on behind you? Is this the nope. Mrs. Contest where somebody who's a wannabe model couldn't make it five, six but they think they're going to be a supermodel now. You know, they have those contests over there. I'm just kind of curious. I don't have the particulars on the beauty pageant that's happening, yeah. but I, I, I will tell you there continues to be a consistent train of young women that walks by, and I'm just, it's nice on a Thursday here at the South Point. That's all I'm saying. When, I, no, I'm not complaining about it if it's a miss contest, but I've seen the misses contest, and I'm like, come on. You know, it's like those people trying to play pickup basketball at the Y. They think they still are, and they, op they have the option to get the 10-day NBA contract. <laughs> I think I'll leave that alone. Um, I'm just asking serious questions here. Move. Come on. This is going down a road I'm and not I, going. Michael got, you two, you well, you two, you two talk. This, this is going down a road I'm not going. Michael got remarkably quiet there. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, Don't he's be got, afraid. Don't be afraid. We're all going to get canceled eventually. Eventually, <laughs> maybe some fewer sooner than others. What's on 100%. your mind? What's on your mind? No, these not days? much. What's By on the way, your I'm mind? looking if they get canceled. I'm looking. My first phone call is going to be to Gloria Allred. <laughs> Amal, Super Bowl. What Thank was your you, Michael. What did you think? What did you think? I thought it was one of the most boring games that was close I've ever seen in my entire life. This 30 minute halftime show business has got to stop. But aside from that, the game just didn't seem like it had any energy. It just Agreed. seemed like it was absolutely lifeless. It didn't have the passion that you would expect for a game that was really competitive and close. I mean, obviously, when OBJ got injured, I thought it changed the dynamic of the Rams offense. I thought if, the, uh, if he's healthy, I think the Rams win the game somewhere between to a 10 to a 17 point margin. But it just the game, as, as great as both teams were from a talent standpoint and playmaking ability, it just, the game seems so boring. It's so funny. You said that. And Michael, I felt like I was being super negative we on the Monday. And I came in, I said, that was one of the most boring, no rhythm, no juice. Yeah. It didn't feel yeah. like the biggest game of the year. I, I, I felt the exact same way, Michael. I, I did too. I, I just didn't feel like it was, you know, it had that. I felt like it was, it wasn't the two best teams. Now, I mean, the Rams were, but when they lose Beckham, I think that certainly affected them along with Robert Woods when you add that in there. And, and to me, you know, Cincinnati, you know, I, I didn't think Burrow from the first throw of the game didn't play well. I, I didn't, you know, I mean, really, I mean, the, the fourth down throw, he's got right at midfield. He's got Higgins wide open in the flat. He's just got to bang it to him. It's easy. You know, he's inside out reading. It's the same side. You know, he just never got going. He missed the running back down the field, tried to fit it into over through that. Really got rid of that ball quick. I think the pressure really got to him. Uh, whether it was early or whether it was just Donald there breathing down his neck, knowing that they couldn't block him. I think that was really the problem. And that made the game kind of helter-skelter. I, I mean, the problem that I saw really in the game, it, and I can't fault Zach Taylor for this, because Zach Taylor's watching this game saying, if I, if I don't turn it over, I think we're going to win 23. We're going to win 20 to 13, 20 to 16. And I think he miscalculated. The rumors, yeah. by the way, Amal, the rumors are Jimmy G could procure the San Francisco 49ers a first-rounder this offseason. Your thoughts? I'm wondering who that GM is. Is that uh, Bill O'Brien? There's, <laughs> there's only one person who can make a trade that bad. That'd be Bill O'Brien. I think he traded DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of practice balls. <laughs> he did. I just... Yeah. No, I mean, well, for David Johnson and a, a third-round pick. And, you know, I mean, look, 
I, I, I would be surprised if there wasn't multiple teams. It's going to be interesting to see. And then what happens with Carson Wentz? Are they going to just they, – they can't they, – they don't want to guarantee him $15 million, although he's going to make $15 million anyway. I mean, to me, I, I think if you're the Colts, you try to redo that deal before you just cut him because who are you going to play quarterback, Sam Ellinger? But I, I think Jimmy G is going to surprise you. Uh, I, I really do, Amal. In what sense? As far as what he's going to get back. I think gonna be more comp- I think I think I think that people are going to sit there and say I'm going to give up the 24th pick in the draft for this guy. If you're Washington, let's say, where are they picking? 16, 17. We're going to give up. You know, maybe they flip ones with twos and throw Jimmy and G in there. I I, I think there's going to be more competition because he is available. Yeah, but does Jimmy Garoppolo put you in a position where if you were to forego a first-round pick that he can get you over the top? He, to me, he's not a guy that's going to elevate your program enough to where you feel like this is the missing link or this is the missing piece. I thought Matthew Stafford, if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback with the Rams, I don't believe they win the Super Bowl. But Matthew Stafford was good enough to elevate them just enough to get to where they needed, regardless of what transpires in the future. And I don't see that with Garoppolo. You know, I, I, one of the questions you always ask me, which I always appreciate, I'm all, why am I not a GM? Because I noticed the practices of hiring are pretty stupid within the league. The quantity, they qualify by, they want some stupid people in there. I'm not dumb enough to trade a first-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't disagree with you. Here's, the, here's what I think is the case. I, I think that, and I wrote about this in my new book coming out, and I did one of the chapter on trades. I think desperation is what motivates most bad trades. You know, we're one player away. And I think if you're Washington and you're Ron Rivera and you've had two losing seasons, although you made the playoffs one of those losing seasons, you've got to have some sense of desperation, right? I mean, you've got to feel like, okay, this is going to be a real issue. I don't know. You know, I mean, I think the one thing I do know about trades, just like I know about quarterbacks getting picked in the first round that don't belong in the first round, that sense of desperation carries over. I mean, this is not a draft where any of these quarterbacks should go in the first round. But will there be one? Probably, because some team will convince themselves of it. By the way, Mike, I saw Femi. We saw a reflection of Femi laughing when Amal was going off about Jimmy G, so I appreciated that. Go ahead, Amal. No, I was going to say, Michael, I think you bring up a good point there. Sometimes it's desperation. But one of the things I've always said is that if I were an owner, I would actually give the GM an extended contract because, number one, you're not paying the same amount of money. You're playing certain types of players. So instead of giving a two- or three-year deal to a general manager or director of player personnel, I'd be looking at a five- or six-year deal because I don't want them to have that air of desperation. Some of the deals you see made, whether it be in baseball, basketball, the NFL, it just reeks of, hey, I'm going to get fired fairly quickly, so I don't care if I burned a house down and you're stuck with the remains of what's left. I I think you kind of look at it and say, look, I've got a general manager who's going to be here a while, make long-term decisions, not short-term ones, whether they're beneficial for the organization or not, because you're just, as a GM or a player personnel guy, all you're doing is, let's be real here, you're looking to get your next contract. No doubt, and I think if you look over the great dynasties in pro football particularly, the Packers 60 dynasty. That was created from their 56 to 58 drafts. Lombardi wasn't even there. The 59 draft was already done by the time Lombardi got there. And so most of the players who were in the Hall of Fame were picked by somebody else over that extended period of time. The same thing with the Steelers. You know, they're 71, 72, 73 before you get to the 74 draft. They created the dynasty. There was a longer lens 
on that. And I think you're right. I think these teams today have no long lens whatsoever. You just made me think of Stan Van Gundy in desperation on the way out in Detroit. He was coach and general manager. He anchored the franchise with Blake Griffin. Remember, he tried to save his job by bringing Blake Griffin, and then he got caught up in that contract, the mall. That's that's the example I would use. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, Yeah. you're absolutely right. I I just think that if you allow... If you allow these guys to make some decisions that even if they turn out to be wrong, I don't think they're going to force themselves in with a certain player or a certain quarterback that's available. You look at the market right now, and you're just going to take whoever's available. It's like a game of musical chairs, and you're just going to grab whichever chair is available at that point in time. Well put. Amal, your chair is right next to Mike Palm. Enjoy it, please. Well, actually, Femi in for uh, in <laughs> oh, for Mike Palm today, the great Femi. So it's going to – no, that's perfect. Hello, Femi. Amal and Femi next. Odds on. Thank you, Amal. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Coming up next is Amal and Femi, he's as we mentioned. He is, he's he's, he's ready to go. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.